Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. With the Proverbs chapter 31. It's kind of our go-to scriptures when we talk about moms and the blessings of moms. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 31, we're going to start with the 21st verse. We're going to read out of the NLT version. Amen. Y'all there? There's three people. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 31, verse number 21. <clears throat> she has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where she sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household. Nothing gets by mama's eyes, believe me. And suffers nothing from laziness. You're going to do it or else. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the Bible, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Amen. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this word this morning. We thank you for your word. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you bless these women. Lord, that you bless uh, this service this morning. And God, you begin to move in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. When I was uh, studying, I had, I had like 10 women in the Bible that I wanted to talk about, but I figured you'd probably want to eat today sometime. So I narrowed this down to four. If we could put this on the board, please. I narrowed this down to four. So when Proverbs talks about the mother and it talks about the virtuous woman, and it talks about how a mother leads her family and how a mother uh, makes sure that everybody in her family has got it before she gets it. How many knows that's, that's, that's usually everywhere when it comes to moms? And, and it is a very powerful thing when you see a mom who is, who is searching after God. And when God becomes the first thing and then everybody else becomes after that. And then she fulfills usually what her needs are after that. But when we uh, look this up, I want to talk about Sarah. 
And there was something that stood out about Sarah, and it's uh, the mother who believed. How many knows that when, 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 when mamas believe, there's nothing like it? Absolutely nothing like it. And so Sarah is, is Abraham is, is, uh, is, is classified and called the father of faith. But underneath Abraham being the father of faith, we got to understand that there was a time when Abraham kind of faulted. There was a time when Abraham took the word of God, but still yet he thought God lingered a little bit too long. Come on, somebody. Uh, anybody ever have God to tell you something and, and then, you know, it didn't happen the next day? <laughs> and so we're like, come on, God, you said it. Abraham believed, I mean, the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse number 18, that he staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he believed God. And when he believed God, he walked in those places. But Sarah had to come along as the one who, who, who stood, as the mother who stood in that place of faith. And she believed. She believed that what God told Abraham was going to happen. She believed it was going to come to pass. She believed that even when the angel stood up and told her and said, and said your wife Sarah is carrying the promised child, and she laughed. <laughs> Doesn't mean that she didn't believe. She laughed because she was already 90 years old. But at the same time, she come to a place of believing. I want you to know that growing up uh, in, in uh, a Christian home, I had a mom or still do have a mom, and she would believe, and sometimes it would be way after belief. I remember one time when, when uh, uh, not very long after I had uh, giving my life to the Lord and me and Anna had started the church there and and so we was really struggling with finances and uh, trying to figure out how in the world we're going to get this thing done and that thing done and uh, we got married in February of uh, 1995 and my very first paycheck that I got from a place in Atoka is called Kenco Manufacturing and they made uh, 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 heavy equipment cabs and they handed me my check for the very first week, and it was like $192 for 40 hours. And I sat on a, uh, a, a couch, and I just cried because, I mean, I got more than that per diem, you know, before I quit my job making $1,000 a week and come home and give my life to the Lord and got saved and in church. And I'm thinking, how in the world are we going to make this? Not only how are we going to make it now, 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 now Anna's pregnant with Tanner. We're trying to figure out how we're going to make finances. And so, and, so, and so I would pick up the phone sometimes and call mom and say, Mom, uh, pray for me. Man. I don't know how we're going to do it. And mom would pray. One day we went to church. My mom said, uh, uh, stop, stop, everybody. I need to call Roger and Anna up to the front. Well, Anna's bad. She don't like to go to the front. She just likes to sit in the back. Well, so she comes up and she's looking at me like, what is she doing? Because she's still new to this. So my mom says, I want to pray over Roger to get a raise. And I'm thinking, yeah, <laughs> praise God. And so she prayed over me to get a raise. And I mean, I, I didn't fall out. I didn't get chill bumps. I didn't run around the church. I just said, okay, and, and went home. And this was like on a Sunday uh, evening service. And so uh, come around Friday when they give me my check, uh, I had a raise. And I thought, wow. And so... And so, so I remember telling mom, hey, man, I got a raise. Look what God did. She said, praise God. She said, it's got to be more than that. And I said, I believe you. 
And so, and so there was probably, I don't know, there's probably two or three months went by. And then one day, all of a sudden, mom said, uh, Roger, I just believe that God's going to give you another raise. And I'm thinking, you know, I got a pretty good raise the last time. I mean, I, I'm talking, it wasn't a 25-cent raise. It was a dollar raise, and that's a big raise. And so I said, okay, well, she prayed. And I went back, and, but this time I went back looking. Come on, somebody. There are times when mamas begin to do something, but there is times when mama begins to move in the faith and you know that mama has it. You know that she's a woman who believes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Got those mamas that will stand up and pray and believe and know and when mama says something, she's the one who believes. I went back looking for it. I mean, I was looking. I, 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 I was looking and thinking, okay, it's coming, it's coming. All of a sudden on Friday, somebody come in the break room and, 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 and I throwed some stuff down and said, I don't know who it is, but somebody got a raise and, and, and I'm the one that needs a raise. And I'm sitting over there thinking, well, it wasn't me. Well, guess what? <laughs> it was me. I got my check at the end and got another dollar raise. <laughs> I was going back to church and said, Mama, if you ever feel like I need a raise, I want you to stand up. I mean, this is the one who believes. She believes the best for her children. She believed in me even when I was sitting in the county jail and knowing good and well that words had been prophesied over me that I would be a preacher and here I am sitting in jail and, 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 and my, my, my name in the paper and mama's still believing. I'm saying, God, you said this was gonna happen. I'm telling you right now, mamas that are in here, keep believing. Don't, do not look at what the circumstances is. Don't look what everybody else is saying what your children is, or what your finances is, or what your family is, but stay strong in God, and stay in that place of faith, and do not give up, but keep believing. Just believe. Look at your neighbor and say, just believe. Now we're going to talk about Hagar. Now this was the other wife of Abraham. I know some of us think about Hagar. Well, you know, she was that, she was that old woman that, that uh, you know, had a child and tried to, uh, tried to betray. But Hagar was a part of the covenant, and God remembered Hagar. When, when, when you read Genesis, God told Abraham to move her out of the way. That was one of the hardest things that Abraham had to do was to take his son Ishmael that he had raised as his own, that was his son, and, and put Isaac, which was the promised child. But Hagar is the one who endured. She had to endure a place knowing good and well, Lord, this is not my spot. This is not where I'm supposed to be. And everybody else is looking at me crazy, but Lord, I didn't choose this. You chose this. Ladies, I need to tell you something. There are some places in your life that God will pull you up and you will have to endure criticism you will have to endure everybody looking around and saying, well, I, I can't believe that she thinks her family's going to do this or her family's going to do that. You have to stand up and you have to endure. When God puts you in some tight places and some tight spots in your life, you have to know that God is in charge and he's the one who did it. He's the one who, who put in that place. Hagar's whole intention was to serve God wholeheartedly. She knew that God was still God no matter what the circumstances was. Sometimes, sometimes there's, 
There's ladies that I minister to when they come into the church and they say, Pastor, my life has been a mess. I've got children that I haven't seen in some years because I took a road that I shouldn't have took. And drugs and alcohol took that from me. And now my kids are in different places and I can't see them. And I have to pray with those women and, 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 and basically they have to stand in a place and endure. I have met women now who's got grandchildren that at one time they didn't have their own children and they got in church and they endured and they endured they endured the criticism of the church let me tell you something one of the biggest critics is the church come on somebody it's not the outside it's not Facebook it, 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 it is the church and the church we have to understand that we are a she look at your neighbor and say you're her the Bible says that the church is a her. We are a she. God is coming back after us. And we have to understand that God does not know dysfunction. He is not a dysfunctional God. We always talk about a God, the Father. Well, who's our mama? Our mama is the church. The church is your mama. God brings together and he causes the church to heal the wounds. Because the daddy says, put a band-aid on it, son. You'll be all right. And the mama says, hang on, call 911. My baby scratched itself. Some of you mamas, some of you mamas are just redneck Oklahoma clay stuff. Y'all just say, walk it off, son. But there are times for endurement. And if I'm talking to any of you mothers in here who have had to endure some hard times, You've had to go into the hospital while your child was on the bed and the doctor said they didn't know if they would make it. You've had to watch your own children give birth to your grandchildren and pray for them and believe because circumstances begin to happen and you had to endure. You had to stand. You had to withstand. Even though the enemy would bring all kinds of things back into your mind and tell you that you weren't worthy because of a mistake that happened or because of things in your life but you still had to stand and you still had to endure. Amen. Man, there's a word that this generation needs. Amen. I mean, all we want is just uh, COVID money. We just want somebody to give us a stimulus check. We need some people that will endure. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Yeah. That will stand up and endure the tough times. In the hard times. Mama's is one of those that gets up and I mean she can be runny nose and a headache and, and, and I mean uh, uh, sick and everything else uh, and she can still change diapers. She can still get the kids off to school, praise God. Uh, and she can still put her hand on her hip and tell you what you're going to do today. Amen. Praise God. Jacobet. Jacobet. The mother with a plan. Now, this is a name that you have to really search up to find. But this was the mother of Moses. She was a mother who withstood in a time when the word got out that all Hebrew babies was to die. She stood up against all odds and stood with a plan that was destined if she ever got caught that she would die too. But she wanted to make sure, she said, I'm ready to die if I know that my child will live. I'm ready to go into the battle to know that my child will live. 
She stood up in a place when all the Hebrew babies, all the mamas, some of the mamas willingly said, hey, I'm pregnant because they were scared to death of the Pharaoh. She hid her pregnancy. She had her child. And she hid him for three months until it came to the time to where she couldn't hide him no longer. This was a time when, when the uh, Pharaoh's army would come from house to house to check because they knew that the Hebrew women, the Bible says that in uh, Exodus, that the Pharaoh said, these Hebrew women are lively. In other words, they're having children all the time. So they knew that they wouldn't just, just, just going to put the order out and walk away. But there was, there was at this time, you got to understand, there was at this time, there was close to a million Hebrews in Pharaoh's captive in Egypt, and they kept growing, and they kept growing. And so the only thing they could do was to stop the growth, was to take the seed. They didn't take the woman child, they took the man child, because the man child has the seed. So Jochebed had a plan. Look at your neighbor and say, she had a plan. Isn't it something how them mamas can have plans? There's been times, you know, when me and Anna has been struggling with a few different things, and we've been praying about it, and we've been talking about it, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, she gets quiet, and about two days later, she'll come in, and she goes, you know what? I've been thinking about something. I think, uh-oh. <clears throat> because, because when a mama starts thinking, she doesn't just start thinking about now, but she's planning four years from now. She's planning ahead of the place. And Jochebed was looking, and she declared in the seed and, and re received the word from God, and she believed in God. This was a time when the Hebrews was in uh, captivity, and, and the Bible said that the Israelites was there, that there was a time where they had forgotten about what God had did through Abraham. They had forgotten about how God fed them in the wilderness. They had forgotten about all of these things. They was in a place and in a time that they had forgotten about all of these things that was going on in their own lives. And now all they was was just trying to figure out, how do I get out? And Jochebed stood up in the middle of all kinds of adversity, and she came up with a plan. It might not have been the greatest plan at the time that everybody else was thinking about, it wasn't a plan that, that I'm going to leave Egypt and go have my child and save him. She said, I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to give birth in a time of, of adversity. And I'm going to hide my child. And I'm going to believe that if I do this, that God will listen to me. Sometimes mama's plans doesn't turn out to be the greatest when we start listening to them. But at the same time, when they trust in God, when they are a woman who believes, when they are a woman who endures, then they come up with a plan, a plan to save, a plan to do great things, a plan that their family would not have to uh, uh, die. I remember when I was working at this one job, same job that I got two raises on, and I was uh, putting some tags in, in these uh, cabs, and, and, and uh, because they had uh, come up uh, with and we had serial numbers and everything. And I was drilling holes in the back of one of the cabs. And I had my foot out like this. And I was drilling this hole. 
And the truck had showed up, and everybody's going crazy, and the forklifts was running by, and the guy come with to a forklift, and I put my foot out, and I was drilling the hole, and he backed up with the back of the forklift, the heavy end of it, and run over the top of my foot. And I remember I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, my, my foot feels weird. And I looked over, and he run over, and he locked out, and he looked at me, and he goes, oh, he put in drive and run over it again before I could ever move it. And I thought, Oh, my God. Like, and I just stood there, and everybody said, you all right? And I said, yeah. And I started walking, and all of a sudden, I couldn't feel my leg. And so they picked me up and took me over, ripped my boot off. And right there at the top of my foot, it looked like somebody stuck a golf ball. And it just immediately went up. And everybody said, oh, man. Whew. One guy said, yep, there's about 100 surgeries. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm sitting by thinking, dear God, dear Lord. So I called Anna. And I said, hey, a forklift just run over my foot. She goes, oh, no. Is it bad? And I said, ah, it's kind of a little bit bad. She goes, okay. And then, and then one of the guys, John Cook, grabbed the phone out of my hand. And he said, Anna, it's bad. It's bad. I want you to start praying right now. Well, Anna just hangs up the phone, and guess who she calls? Mama. By the time I got to the hospital, they was already there. Mama walked in, and she said, oh, Roger, oh, Roger. She goes, oh, Lord, Lord God, right now, I mean, Mama prays like only Mama can pray right there in the emergency room. She didn't care. She wasn't in church. She wasn't in revival. She wasn't in her closet. She was in the middle of the hospital, and she began to pray, and she began to seek God, and she began to believe what God was going to do, and, 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 and she rebuked that, and, and, and the doctor said, we're going to take x-ray, but we don't know what's going to happen, and she said, there's going to be not a bone broken. She said, he's going to be able to walk. He's going to be able to do everything he needs to do. Devil, you're a liar. You're not taking this from him. He's God's plan. He's God's plan. He's God's plan to do mighty things. And devil, you're a liar, and you can't have this foot. <laughs> Some of them people think, foot? Devil wants his foot? I'm going to tell you right now, I walked out of that emergency room, got in my vehicle, walked home, put my feet up, and two days later, everything was gone. There wasn't a, listen to me, there wasn't a blood vessel. You know how hard it is, how easy it is just to break a blood vessel? There wasn't a blood vessel or nothing broken in my foot. I, mean, there, there wasn't, I, didn't have, I didn't have any of those. Just a small little old bruise. I, I didn't even have, listen to me, I didn't even have no pain. The only reason I couldn't put my boot on or my shoe on was because there was a big old knot up on top of it and wouldn't fit, but it didn't hurt. I didn't have any pain. I'm telling you, when mamas have a plan, they will show up right at the time, and they will speak bold things, and they'll speak it loud and proud and clear. And I'm telling you right now, everybody will know you are a Pentecostal when mama shows up. <laughs> Remember that time <clears throat> when Anna and Lane, <clears throat> we, we were still in Baxter, and one night on a Wednesday night, when they decided to be a backslider in the center and go to a baseball game, uh, I had church there. And Anna said, I'm going to go ahead and take him to his baseball game. He was right here in Pittsburgh. And they was up here, and it was bad weather. 
And there was a storm come in. And uh, Lane is a chicken, just so you know. Uh, I think he's grown out of it a little bit. But uh, when it comes to storms and stuff, he was like his mama. I mean, it was just like he, he, I, he, he's gotten over that now. But <clears throat> he started blowing. And Anna said, and, and uh, right, right here on Highway 69 in Pittsburgh, Anna said she looked over and she said, I, I'm telling you, she said, she said all of a sudden the wind started blowing, cars started slowing down. She said trees just leaning over like this. And she said it, it was just, she said, she said a tornado was coming. And I said, what'd you do? And she said, I was just saying, oh, God, oh, God. I said, what'd Lane do? He said, he stood up and said, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I said, what all his friends say? She said, I don't think he cared. <laughs> she said, that tornado was coming. Listen, listen. He learns that. Lane learns this because he knows that the only way to, the, the only way to stop the enemy is to rebuke him. And mamas, when you have a plan, you instill this in your children. You put this into your children. And so that way, later on, they will have plans of their own. They will understand you've got to have a plan. Mamas, look at somebody and say, have a plan. Now, we can't just talk about mamas unless we talk about mother-in-laws. Now, I've got a great mother-in-law. Y'all give my mother-in-law a hand clap, will you? Life Changers Church right now is very strong because I've got a great mother-in-law. And so God deemed it that it would be so powerful for us that we wouldn't just have one mama, but we would have two. Amen. We'd have one nagging on one side and the other nagging on the other. Amen. Naomi is the mother with the promise who the Bible said that left Bethlehem because there was a drought and she followed her husband. And so she followed her husband into Moab and the Bible said after they got to Moab that her husband died. And then the Bible said 10 years later, her two boys died. But her two boys had gotten married. Now Naomi had it in her heart and in her mind. Somebody had come and said there's fresh bread back in Bethlehem. And so, and so she's leaving because now she's going through turmoil and she's going through trouble and she's going through pain. See, mamas, here's the thing about it. Sometimes people don't understand your journey. Sometimes people will point their finger and say, well, why did you let that happen? Sometimes people would say, well, didn't you know? But I want you to know this one thing, that when God begins to move upon a woman who believes, upon the woman who endured, upon the mother with a plan, when God begins to move, he instills down and he puts in our heart and he puts in our lives and there was nothing, nothing more powerful than a praying mom. Amen. Naomi went through a lot of difficulties. She lost her husband and two sons. She's left with two daughters. She's telling them, you stay here, I'm going back. But there was one by the name of Ruth. And see, here's, here's the whole plan that God's doing. Here's the whole plan that God is figuring out and God is moving upon Naomi. He's taking her into a desolate place where nobody would ever think to pull out a woman that would become part of his genealogy. Yeah. 
She goes all the way back and Naomi has to share her life with a woman from a different country. She's bitter. She's upset. She's lost two sons and now she's got two daughter-in-laws and now she's got one daughter-in-law, Ruth, who wants to hang on and wants to be there and wants to be a part of her life. She has to share her life. She has to share her life with her. See, mother-in-laws, you got to understand, mother-in-laws, mothers have children, but then after they have children, they later then become mother-in-laws and they have to learn to share. They have to learn to love. Naomi is the one who teaches us that she reaches out and she loves Ruth as her own. See, mamas have that capability. Praying mamas and godly mamas, they have that capability. They can love. Don't cross them. (laughs) Don't cross them. But they can love. I remember my mom, she's about this tall. I'm taller than she is. And I'm so proud I'm taller than somebody. I'm so taller than she is. And she said, uh, Said one time a, a lady come in and she said, uh, well, first of all, me and some church boys was outside throwing rocks. And I don't know who threw it. It wasn't me. I don't think it was me. I don't know. But we were throwing rocks and we busted a window out. And a woman, and here's what we did. We said, oh, man, don't tell nobody. And some woman was outside and she said, I heard that. We thought, oh, dear God. And she goes into the church And she goes right up to my mom, and she tells my mom, she said, your son just busted out my window in my car. And my mom's like, oh, man, I'm I'm so sorry. She goes, oh, yeah, you're sorry. (laughs) Wrong thing to say. (laughs) Listen, my mom went from church to nightclub, boom, just like that. I mean, in an Oklahoma minute, I'm telling you, she went from church house to devil's house, and I mean, just a blink in the eye, and she said, and you said what? (laughs) See, and I'm not saying, please don't do this, okay? I'm not saying this is stuff you ought to do, but what I'm saying is, 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 is mamas still have this ability. They still have this capability to love and to protect at the same time. And mama's all over this place. I come in here this morning to tell you. There are a whole lot more stories. I know there's a lot of plans for you guys today. But I come in here to tell you this morning that you got to put in your heart right now to raise your family in church. Listen, mamas, hear me right now. I don't care how good they are. I don't care what kind of grades they make. They make good grades. I don't care what kind of plans they made in this world. This old world is mean. It'll eat them up. It'll it'll chew them up. And it'll spit them out. But mamas, I'm telling you right now that there is something that God honors. And he honors a mama that will stay on her knees and begin to pray. He honors a mama that will call out to God. He honors a mama that will stand in the middle of of it all and still proclaim God's promises. Some years ago, Pastor Anna, come piano, please. Some years ago, there was a mama raising two boys. 
the dad had died. Didn't tell how the dad died. She was just raising two boys. And she raised them up in church. She raised them down the street at the Methodist church. And she took them to church every Sunday. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday evening, and every Wednesday night. And every time that the church had any kind of activities, her boys was there. And she would pray every night, and she would get both her boys, and she would lay them beside the bed, and she would put her arms around her boys, and she would say, God, I want you to protect my boys. God, I want you to watch over my boys. God, I want you to keep my boys, no matter where they're at in life, remind them that you are the most important thing. Lord, if they ever stray, find them. Don't let them stay too long. Lord, let them go to heaven. Don't let the enemy suck them under till they wind up in hell. Boys went on, growed up, and went to high school and got out of high school, and they got college degrees. And some years later, one winded up on the East Coast and one winded up on the West Coast. They was high up in their careers. Hadn't been home in a long, long time. Both of them got a call and said, Hey, your mom passed away. So they go back home and they bury mom. They talk a little bit. One goes back to the East Coast. One goes back to the West Coast. And some 15 years later, they got a call. Said, hey, we got to settle up this property at this land and stuff. Can y'all come in and meet? So they come back in. And the only thing standing on that old farm piece of land was that old brick fireplace they showed up one of the boys they were standing there looking at it one of the boys says you remember what I remember the other one says yeah I remember what do you think we ought to do I think we ought to do what mama did you want to kneel down that old fireplace again? Yeah, let's do it. And some 25 years later after mom had passed, them old gray-headed boys got grandchildren of their own, knelt down in front of that old fireplace that mama put them as a boy. And there they repented and asked God to come back into their lives. There was something about a mama who believes, about a mama who endures, about a mother with a plan, and about a mama who shares. Because you can't have all these, mama, unless you find yourself following after Jesus. Them old boys got up from that fireplace. They walked away from there, born again, saved, remembered mama's prayers. Revelations chapter 5 and Revelations chapter 8 tells a story that the Bible said that God will reach over and pull out the odors of the prayers of the saints and he will pour them out. There's something about a mama's prayers that will be bottled up and put up on a shelf 
that I don't care, Roger Brown, if you are in Waco, Texas, and you wind up in the county jail, Mama will pray, and God will reach over, and he will pour out those prayers that Mama had prayed, and an angel will show up, and he'll deliver you. I'm telling you right now, I don't care where you're at. I don't care what's going on in your life. There is something about a Mama's prayers that you just cannot outrun. Mamas, our best thing to do is to pray and keep praying. Don't let somebody point their finger at you and tell you, well, you ought to do it this way. They wasn't in your shoes. They didn't have to stand with you in the middle of the night and believe. They didn't have to stand and look at a crisis going on in your life. Maybe maybe some of you mamas, you've had to deal with rebellion in your house, but still yet at the same time, your love has become fixed. Your desire, your hunger, and your prayer. You believe. You endure. You got a plan. And you're ready to share for your children when they start families of their own. You're a mother who believes. You're a mother who endures. You're a mother with a plan. And when your children get ready to move on and start a family of their own, that same love that you have for your son or your daughter is automatically engrafted in to the other family and your love starts sharing. Only God can do something like this. Come on, all over this place, give the Lord a hand clap, will you? I want all you mothers, if you would, just stand up. Just close your eyes, bow your head, Pastor Anna. Take 
Father, all over this place, God, every mom in this building, touch them, Lord. Father, we ask you to stretch your hands forth in this place today. Lord, you see these mama's hearts. God, they come through things that some of us don't even know. We just know the outskirts because we're just kind of outside looking in. But Lord, maybe they're staying awake at night and maybe the enemy is wreaking havoc over their lives. Father, we know that a praying mama, she stands and believes, and she endures, when she has a plan. God, you began to move upon her life, and she's able, she's able to get through it. Father, I pray right now, Lord, that any, any prayer on any mother in this place right now that has not been answered, Father, I know that you're a, 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 a God that looks over and you watch. And I know that when they prayed, you didn't ignore their prayer. But today, Father, I come in agreement with every mother's prayer today. I come in agreement. And I know, Heavenly Father, Lord, that the power of two is a powerful thing. So today, God, began to move upon these mothers' lives, these requests that they've called out on. Let this be the Mother's Day 2021. God, that you begin to move. You bring home. You, God, you establish. You heal. Father, you move upon their family and their finances. 
Father, I come to you in agreement with prayer and with their prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.